Ladies and gentlemen, I am Roy Williams, the guru of good health, the superintendent of supplementation, and of course, it is Monday, so I'm going to be teaching Monday school. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, nature, let's call it, uh, throws us a, a, a kink in the, in the system, and so uh, we've had to run reruns. I, first time in all these years, I've had to run five reruns in a row, and I appreciate y'all uh, listening to them. But we're starting again this week, and we've got everything under control. And uh, without some kind of real strange mishap, you're going to be getting a new show every day for a long, long time now. Uh, it is five days a week, of course. And I want to tell all of you, first of all, how grateful I am for our listeners. Uh, not only are y'all listeners, but you're sharing this information with other people. And when it comes to the Word of God, which is what Monday Schools is all about, where I teach uh, the Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, y'all are uh, y'all are spreading it. I'm telling you, let people know. 
I, I want to ask you to do yourselves a favor. I hope most of you are involved in a, a faith-based ministry somewhere. Uh, however, I want you to be particular about something I'm about to say. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, and I'm not trying to make anybody mad. But are you being taught the Word of God? Uh, you know, when uh, when God was uh, or Jesus was talking to Peter uh, after after he had uh, you know uh, had resurrected. And uh, they were out fishing, and, and Jesus told them to cast their nets to the right, and they did, and they pulled in, uh, as they did the second time, you know, it happened when he was uh, recruiting them, <laughs> I call it recruiting them, and, uh, but this is now, he, they, they know who he is, and, and they bring it in, and then Jesus is talking to them around the, the fire where they were eating fish, and he looked at Peter, and he says, Peter, he says, uh, uh, he says do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you. He says, then feed my sheep. I mean, I'm sorry, first time he says, feed my lambs, okay? And, and Peter, you know, uh, said some things, and then Jesus said again, Peter, do you love me? The second time he asked him that, and Peter, well, of course you know I love you. I, I, I'll stick with you through thick and thin. He didn't say it in those words, okay? You can read it for yourselves. And Jesus says the second time, he says, feed my sheep. So the first time, I want this to sink in for you to get the message. Feed my lambs. The second time, feed my sheep. And then the third time, he asked him again, three, why three? Well, the Trinity, uh, it was the, it's the third time he's appeared to them since uh, you know he was risen from the grave. Uh, the three's important. We'll get into that another day. I don't want to get into numerology and stuff like that today. Uh, but the third point is he said it again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter really kind of, you could tell it was frustrating him that Jesus asked him again. And, and Jesus said again, feed my sheep. Now I want to make a point to y'all. First time he says, feed my lambs. You know what that means? That means you teach people just enough of the word of God that they understand salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is salvation. Now, when you are saved, you are considered a babe in Christ and you're on milk. That's why he said, feed my lambs. He's talking about the young Christians. Teach them the word of God. The second time, he said, they'll feed my sheep. Now he's talking about feed the adults. Feed them the meat. Get into the true word of God and help them to understand it. Salvation's just the start. But you've got to put all the pieces of that puzzle together that the Bible brings forth to us. And that's what I do. I help put those pieces of the puzzle together so you can fully understand the word of God because... Uh, you've been taught a lot of things that aren't true. I, I, I cover the rapture theory a lot. It's a theory. I take you to the date that it started, and it was in the 1800s. So does that mean everybody before the end died and went to hell? No. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but it's a theory. It's not biblical. It ain't even the Word. It ain't even in the Bible. And, and I'm going to teach Thessalonians in my, after I get through Proverbs, which I'm in now. Be sure you listen to Thessalonians because in, in Thessalonians I'll be able to do something special for you and that's show you uh, that the rapture theory cannot be true. But if you believe it's true, the, big, the reason Satan wants you to believe it's true and your church may be preaching it and teaching it, 
The reason Satan needs you to believe that is so when he gets here first, read your revelation. Read, <laughs> read Jesus in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And listen to when he tells them, when they ask him, when are these things going to happen? Read that. First, you'll notice in the first, Satan comes first. But how's he coming? He ain't coming in war. Everybody thinks he's going to be a dragon with a pitchfork and horns. Don't get that out of your mind. It's going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. The best spoken person, so intelligent, can perform miracles. And he's going to claim to be Christ. And let me tell you something. If you think you're going to be raptured away from here, you might get caught up in that garbage, those lies, and you may follow Satan thinking he is Christ. Please don't do that. Okay? And then there's another theory out there is once saved, always saved. That's another one of Satan's favorite tools. Now, I know I'm hurting some people's feelings right now, and I'm not saying you lose your salvation. You don't. Jesus saves you. He does it right the first time. But can you throw that away? Well, I'll teach you the truth. It, it, you can, you can, you can, if you don't ask for forgiveness throughout your life after you become saved, as we call it, if you become a Christian, uh, it's so important you understand uh, that you still got to repent. That means truly sorry for what you did and ask God to forgive you because we're all going to sin. Just because you're saved don't mean you ain't going to sin no more. You will. But you need to repent because you can, uh, you can destroy a good thing called salvation. Uh, and, and you can be tricked by Satan. And God's testing us. Why do you think we're on this earth, folks? Uh, we're on this earth in flesh bodies so God can test us to see if we're going to follow him or follow Satan. And that's going to be one of your tests uh, is when, when, when Satan comes, he's going to watch and see how many of them follow Satan and how many of them wait and go, no. How do you know if it's Satan or not? Well, if, if there's somebody, what does Jesus say? He says, when they're out in the desert crying, come, uh, he's out in the desert, Christ is out in the desert, come see us. Or go, go see him. Don't go if you're in your flesh body. Because you read it. The second, you wait for Christ to come. The second Christ sets foot on earth in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem it tells you that. When he sets foot on earth, instantly we lose this whole flesh body. It goes back to the dirt. And we are in our spiritual bodies forevermore. Wait on Jesus. Don't be fooled, okay? I just had to get that in that the Lord's moving on me to, to be sure you understand it because I know what you're being taught. A lot of you listening to me. It's a theory. Don't be fooled. Don't be tricked by Satan. And I know too many people over the years of my life says, oh, I'm saved, and then live like the devil. You know why? Well, I'm saved. I can't lose it. Once saved, always saved. Do you see the trick in that? You need to be careful. You need to know the Word of God. So I'm going to teach you the Word of God starting today, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 8. If you're following along the King James Version of the Bible, I'm going to read the King James Version first, and then I'm going to read you the modern English. I did this specifically without changing the meaning of anything. If you can find where I've changed a word in this book that don't mean what, what the, 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 the Hebrew meant, I'll change it, but I, I, I'm waiting for somebody to point that out to me, okay? I'm very careful. I look up every word in Hebrew, and I'm talking about Hebrew, the, the way it was originally written to make sure uh, that I'm giving you the correct translation. 
And somebody says, well, you, you're translating the Bible, you're changing it. Well, the King James Version is a translation. The first translation of the King James wasn't the King James. In the English, it was, it was done in 1611. King James wasn't the king then. King James had it translated again in, in the 1800s, and that's where we get our Bible today. And it, translations can be wrong. As a matter of fact, the Kenites are involved in a lot of the translations, and that's why there's some misinterpretations. So we're trying to get it right, and we're trying to understand it, and when you get it right, it makes sense. Have you, have you spent a lot of your time uh, going to, to church and thinking there's got to be more to it than what I'm being taught? There is. <laughs> Let me help you understand it, okay? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 8. King James Version says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Now, you know, in modern English, that don't make a lick of sense. I remember reading that thinking, Go, forth not, go not forth hastily to strive. What does that mean? All right, let me read it to you in modern English after I looked it up in Hebrew. Don't be in a hurry to plead your case. Believe it or not, that's what that means. Strive means case or trial. Don't be in a hurry to plead your case, or you may not know what to do when your defendant shows their evidence and your accuser puts you to shame. Don't that make more sense? That's what it's talking about here. So don't, I'm going to read it again, modern English. You follow along with me in your King James Version. Don't be in a hurry to plead your case. Notice King James says, lest thou not know what to do in the end thereof. So I'm going to read it in modern English. Or you may not know what to do when your defendant shows their evidence. Okay? And in the end of it, King James says, and your accuser puts you to shame. <laughs> in modern English, and your accuser puts you to shame. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, King James says, when thy neighbor put, hath put thee to shame. That's what it means, is when your accuser, in other words, they show the evidence, and you wasn't expecting them to show what they did, and it, it shames you. Uh, a lot of people are going to be called in that. You see why I started the way I did today? Uh, listen, the Holy Spirit's working in lives today. We are in those end times. Are you ready? Do you know the truth, or are you going to be caught and surprised? Verse 9, King James Version, Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another. Now, let's read that in modern English. Plead not your case with your accuser in person. I'm sorry, I said plead not. That's wrong. Plead your case with your accuser in person. In other words, do it face to face before you go to court. Why? Read the end of that in modern English, it would be, and decide if you want anyone to know what may be revealed. That's what the secret means. So I'm going to read it in modern English, follow along in, in, in the King James. So as, as I say it, you'll see it means the same thing, except you understand it. Plead your case with your accuser in person, face to face, and decide if you want everyone to know what may be revealed. If you like what I'm teaching you, remember there's a book coming out uh, called Start With Wisdom. And you, uh, you, you may want to get it because it will clear so much of this up for you. I've had so many people come to me and say, finally I'm understanding the Word of God. Of course you will when, you, when it's done in a language you can understand. <laughs> 
We'll get into that another day. 25, 10. Chapter 25, verse 10, King James. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. Let me just read that in modern English. Because the judge might show you no mercy. Where it says, lest he that heareth it, who's going to hear it? The judge. Put you to shame. Show you no mercy. And your reputation be destroyed. That's what it means. And thine infam infamy turn not away. <laughs> Folks, it just makes more sense in modern English. Because the judge might show you no mercy and your reputation be destroyed. That's what it means at the end of that verse. And your reputation be destroyed. Verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Modern English. Words of wisdom spoken at the right time can be compared to apples made of gold in a sculpture of silver. Yep, it's important that the timing be right, okay? Verse 12, King James Version. As an earring of gold and an ornament a fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Modern English. Like a nugget of gold or jewelry made from pure gold, so is one that uses skillful correction to those who listen and understand. Wow, that makes so much more sense. Verse 13, King James. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. For he refresheth the soul of his masters. Modern English, that would say, As a cold drink during harvest time, so is a trustworthy messenger for them for which they were sent. For they will restore the confidence of those in authority. You see, it just starts to come together. This, when you read this in modern English, it'll come together like I say, like the pieces of a puzzle coming together. All right, let's go verse 20, chapter 25, verse 14. Uh, King James, Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. Now, that's a little confusing. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift? Let me read it in modern English. Whoever praises himself by lying about deliverance or salvation is like expecting a gift that is never provided. In other words, uh, it's a, uh, they allied to you. Uh, they're boasting about themselves, trying to get you to believe something about themselves that's not true. Okay? Uh, that's what this is all about, y'all, is understanding God's Word. Verse 15, King James Version. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. That's a little hard to understand, isn't it? Unless you read it in modern English. An arrogant leader can be deceived and gentle speech can crush the strong. Don't that make a whole lot more sense? I hope it does for you. I hope it does because, folks, if you don't understand it, you're basically wasting your time. 16. Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it up. Have you ever eaten too much honey? <laughs> Try it sometimes. Modern English that would read, Have you found honey? Eat only as much as is sufficient, or you will consume too much and throw it up. That's what happens. 17. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Uh, let me read that in modern English so you'll get the full picture. Don't visit your neighbor too often. They may become sick of it and learn to shun you. That's some really good words of wisdom if you think about it. 
Uh, you know, you love your, your neighbors. I'm sure you do, but you don't want them over all the time. It gets to be a drag on your family and on your life. 18. Uh, King James Version. A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Uh, someone lies. That's what they're talking about here is liars. Let me read it in modern English. Anyone that bears false witness about their neighbor, in other words, lies about their neighbor, is like a war club and a sword and a sharp arrow. Pretty easy to understand. 19. King James. Confidence is an, uh, is an unfaithful man uh, in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. <laughs> Let me read that, Marnie, so you'll understand it. Having trust in a deceitful person during times of tribulation is like a toothache and a broken ankle. <laughs> you ever had a, a sprained ankle? You can only imagine how bad it is. But, you know, uh, having trust in a liar, ugh, never good, never good. That's what it's warning you about. Uh, let's go on here to uh, verse 20. As he that taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon nitre, so is he that singeth songs of a heavy heart, to a heavy heart, to a heavy heart. Well, let's read that in modern English. Like someone that takes another's coat on a cold day, and as vinegar to, a, to clean a wound, so is someone who sings songs to the emotionally distraught. You know, when you're emotionally upset and you're distraught, uh, the, uh, you know, if someone is singing songs to you, uh, good grief. Uh, like it says, it's like somebody taking your coat away from you in cold weather, putting even worse, putting vinegar on a wound. You don't want to do that. 21. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Modern English, if someone hates you and is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them water to drink. Why? Well, let's read 22, King James Version. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Now, that heap coals of fire on their head can be a little confusing, so let's read it in modern English. Uh, by doing what we read in 21, if someone hates you and is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them water to drink. Why? Modern English would say, this is 22 in modern English, by doing so, you will take away their anger and the Lord will reward you. That's pretty easy to understand, isn't it? Verse 23, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. Modern English, a northward wind turns away much rain. So can an angry appearance quell a mocker's speech. What can quell a mocker's speech? <laughs> an angry appearance. Uh, uh, I know a person, uh, but she looks at you with that angry appearance. She gets your attention. And it'll, it'll get you to hold back what you say sometimes because you don't want to... <laughs> you don't want her to come against you, put it that way. 25, chapter 25, verse 24, It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Let's read that in modern English. It is better to inhabit the attic of a small house than to live with a quarrelsome person in a mansion. You ever had to live with someone that just got on your nerves all the time or wanted to fight about everything? You don't want to be around them too long. 25-25. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far away, from a far country. Okay? Modern English would read this way. 
being even-tempered or cool-headed so someone that has a weary heart can be compared to good news from a distant country. You know, you get good news from a long way off. That's exciting, okay? Uh, verse 26, a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. A little confusing, right? Modern English. An upright person who bows down before the ungodly is like discovering uh, a muddied well or a polluted spring. Imagine you're thirsty and you've got to have some water and all you've got is a muddied well and a polluted spring. Well, uh, an, when an upright person bows down before the ungodly, that's what that's, yuck, that's nasty. Don't, uh, it's, it's just the same as was talking about earlier in a case. If somebody lies about you in court, that's kind of the same situation. It's just in more general life, okay? Uh, 27, it's not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory, modern English. It's not good to eat too much honey. We talked about that earlier. It'll make you throw up. But listen to this. It gives you a twist here. The same applies when people claim their own glory or honor does not make it true. Just because somebody's bragging on themselves, giving them, putting themselves on a pedestal, that don't make it true. You probably want to search them out and see if they're telling you the truth. Verse 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now let me point this out to you. This is very important here. Uh, 28, this is verse 28, but it's modern English, all right? Anyone that has no discipline or self-control is like a city with poor leadership and no protection. That's what that means in modern English. So that got us through chapter 25. I hope you're enjoying studying the Word of God. I hope we're clearing up some of this for you. And the book will be available uh, on down the road, probably six months or so. Start with Wisdom, where it gives you both the King James Version and then the modern English, hopefully, so you can share it with your children, your grandchildren, with other people, and uh, let the Word of God spread. 26, chapter 26, King James Version, verse 1. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. Modern English. As snowfall in summer and hard rain at harvest, it is not fitting to glorify a foolish person. Why in the world, in our society today, are we glorifying some of the most stupid people I've ever seen in my life? They're trying to convince you that all these immoral things are okay now. Please don't get caught up in that. Uh, and don't glorify those people. You should not glorify those people. May not say anything about them, but don't glorify them either. Verse 2, as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Now there's a confusing statement. So the curse causeless shall not come. So let's read that in modern English. As a bird with no nest, as a swallow by fleeing, even so, condemnation without cause will not stick. Okay? Uh, condemnation. Somebody condemning you, saying bad things about you, but they can't prove it. It won't stick. The truth always comes out. Verse 3. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. Modern English. A whip to train a horse, a bridle to control the donkey, and a stick to discipline the stupid. Oh, I know. you. How can you call them stupid? Read it. And look it up in Hebrew. See what fools means. I mean, it's according to which way it's used in the Bible, but in this case it meant 
Uh, it meant just what I said. It meant stupid. Verse 4, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. What does it mean? Do not answer the stupid, there it is again, according to their foolishness, or you will appear foolish also. Don't get involved with, with those people. Don't, don't try to argue with foolish people. Uh, they'll always try to make you look bad. Well, folks, you've been listening to today's health update, and you've been listening to Monday School, where I teach the Word of God chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, we'll pick up right there uh, with verse 5 uh, next week, and uh, we're going to be through the book of Proverbs very soon, and then we're going to go right into First uh, and Second Thessalonians, so I can clear some things up that a lot of people are talking about. You know, it's such a pleasure to bring you these messages, especially the message of the Word of God. Uh, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So when people come to you and start telling you that you don't have to go according to the Word of God, I wouldn't believe them if I were you. And somebody looks at you and says, you don't have to understand the Bible. Uh, you're saved. You don't have to understand the Bible. Then why was it written? Uh, you don't have to know Revelation. Well, what does Revelation mean? It means, means to reveal or to make known. I think God wanted to reveal us the truth to us so we would know that it's Satan comes first. His number six. He comes on the sixth seal, the sixth vial, the sixth trump. Christ don't come till the seventh trump. Wait for Christ. Until next week, remember, uh, may the Lord be magnified. Now you know why today's health update is called the fastest 30 minutes on the radio. Making the right decisions becomes so much easier when you know the truth. If you would like to know more about products, call 256-757-0660. Visit Herbs and More in Athens or NHC Herb Shop in Killen. Or visit our website at www.nhcherbs.com. If you would like to hear our show again or share it with someone, Go to Herbs and More Athens' Facebook page and scroll down to Roy's picture. The shows are uploaded daily. Or go to Podbean on your computer or phone and type NHC19. That's NHC19 in the search bar and scroll down to find the title you wish to listen to. This is Andy Black. Thank you again for listening to today's Health Update.